Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. All connected. Everything. So this is It's All Connected, episode 61.5. 61.5. Sixty thought it'd be easier to just call this 61.5, so that way it doesn't sound so bad as episode 62. We forgot to talk about the stinger scene at the end of Avengers <laughs> Age of Ultron. Yes, we, we did. We did. It was a it was a jam-packed show anyway. If nothing else, that just tells you how forgettable that scene actually was. Which is what I'm going to go with. It, yeah. You know, it was definitely forgettable. And are we going to do this as like a prelude right now? Or do you want to get into... Uh, we did it, right? Uh, it, it's all connected. 61, blah, blah, blah. 62. For the first time blah, blah. in the entire you know, epi- series of shows, we led with the episode number. Okay. <laughs> so, then, the only thing that uh, confused me or concerned me about the, uh, the scene, of course, what we're talking about is... Uh, Hey, clearly, spoiler alert for the mid credit scene of Age of Ultron if you haven't seen it. Yeah, for They're... anybody that doesn't know, we are Marvel Studios Podcast, and tonight we're going to spoil the crap out of parts of Age of Ultron and all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. scars. So, Thanos goes into a vault. I don't want to say the vault because a that's vault. where my question sort of comes from. I'm not even going to call it a vault, a, a room. Let's just, I think we can safely call it a room. And he's mad, and he's going to have to do it himself. And we meaning... don't know why he's mad. We don't know what he's been witness to that he's saying, fine, I'll do it myself. See, now, I th- that's a good start of the discussion. I thought he meant, you know, what's-his-name in Guardians of the Galaxy couldn't get me that gem, and... Ultron or, you know, whatever his plan was in this situation couldn't get him that gem. I don't know. I don't know that he had a plan in this. I don't know that he had a plan. He may have just realized that now that the mind gem is or mind stone is lost to him because he maybe he witnessed that because because, again, Loki was probably supposed to have that or hell. He gave it to Loki because if you remember, he had the mind stone and gave it to Loki. I think. Yeah, I think he was gambling for the space stone. So it's like. I'll give it to this schlub, and we talked about this last week. I'll give it to the, I'll give the mind gem wrapped inside this weapon to this schlub. He'll get me the tesseract, and then I'll have two gems and not just one gem. Because two and gems are better up, than one. That's right, and he Clearly. ended up with none. So, see, he should have been happy with the the stone in hand is better than two in the Infinity Gauntlet. Sure. And speaking of that Infinity Gauntlet, uh, apparently there are two in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know what? Whatever Feige may have said, I'm unless it's on film, it doesn't count. So we frankly we don't know where that glove came in. We don't know what we saw. I still maintain that they painted themselves in the corner. Someone thought it would be cool to put the Infinity Gauntlet into the weapons vault uh, in Thor. And whoever did that had no idea what the bigger picture was. So now they're stuck with that out there. 
so we don't know what this one, but there's lots of things we could know. Don't forget where we left Loki. He's on the throne in Asgard, as far as we know. He could have easily delivered it to Thanos in between off, off screen, and it could be the same gauntlet. That is true. Feige did say there are two. He in did an say interview afterwards. <laughs> but again, that's what I'm saying. Whatever he may have said off screen until it's on film, on screen, it doesn't sure. count. Sure. Um, I, I, I tend to agree. They probably, even though this was all their end game. You know, I don't know that they thought it was going to go this far when they were filming Thor. This isn't this isn't the first time. I mean, we we remember the CGI Cap Shield in the first Iron Man, right? But they ran with that and made that into a physical prop. So I, I, there's lots of ways that this can be explained until we get to probably maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy Two, certainly uh, Avengers: Infinity War One is probably when we're going to find out with any certainty. Maybe in Thor Ragnarok, but doesn't that come between, or is that before uh, Infinity War? Before Infinity War. Okay. That was the one that got pushed. Yeah. So, we, bottom line, we don't know. We don't know. We'll find out. He has a gauntlet. Do we? For all we know, the gauntlet itself may not matter. It's just, it's just as long as the the six gems are assembled. The actual glove may not matter. In this world, in this MCU, we don't know that yet. Right. It it could be it could be anything. All in all, a disappointing stinger. But mostly not because of what it was or what it wasn't. Mostly because we've for me we've already done the hey it's Thanos. You yeah. know we've already done that stinger. We've and done we that did it in Guardians. With it felt Thanos lazy. And... It was yeah yeah it, it does. Now I'm 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 a firm believer. I know some people get disappointed with these. Um, these cuts credit scenes when they don't set up actively set up the next movie but to me they're always first and foremost an epilogue to the movie we just saw and i think every one pretty much counts as that that we've seen so far this one it's tough it's tough for me to say it's an epilogue although yes we had some discussion of the stones and we had thor's vision it wasn't really an epilogue to this movie as it was maybe a kickoff to Probably the entirety of Phase 3. Yeah, that's my guess. Like I said, Lazy kind of comes to mind because it was just so quick and so innocuous that it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I almost felt like they had it filmed already when, like, during uh, the last Stinger, and this was, like, the second part of it that they didn't show us that yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, they could easily could have done it. I mean, it's all CGI. It, it, that looked like to me it was probably all CGI. So, I mean, they probably could have got his his voiceover any time. Now, according to uh, Joss Whedon, so I was listening to the Empire oh, yeah. podcast, and we'll I guess we'll talk a little bit about that here and there. But yeah, they actually had uh, Brolin come in and and shoot it and do the oh cool do the mocap do the voice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, the only yeah. thing that was actively filming when this was in post would have been Ant-Man probably, right? Or actively in production. There's nothing else going yeah. on right now. Cap, Cap Civil War hasn't even started the role film yet, has it? it? It has, yeah. It has? Okay. It has. So that was that. Congratulations. That was the end of episode 61.5. Uh, hi, welcome to episode 62 of It's All Connected. My name is Ken Morgan, <laughs> joined by uh, Russell Latham and Johnny M. How you guys doing? Great. Fantastic. Yep. Still. Yeah, so uh, we're here to talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Scars. And 
I don't know. I didn't, I didn't listen to last week's episode. I don't know if you actually talked about my theories, but uh, if you did, whatever you did or not, Russ, um, I am now. I forget how many times I've been right. We'll call, just for the discussion, we'll just call it two and be safe. I'm now uh, two and one because <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, I really thought the uh, Avengers facility was the Theta Protocol. Yeah. I didn't not. see this one coming. You know, and I, I think I should have because in Age of Ultron, when Fury said that, you know, I took her, took her out of mothballs with some help from some friends and it cut to Maria Hill and then one guy, I was kind of really hoping, like, this is it, this is it, let's get Fitz, let's get somebody up on the bridge. That's all I need, a quick shot, you know, get him out there. And we didn't have that, so I'm like, ah, whatever, and I forgot about it, you know. But with the help with some friends is Director Coulson, you know, re- re- getting her refitted, ready to, ready to fly again. In fact, if you saw in that scene, um, one of the engines was being lowered, one of the, you know, the repulsor engines or whatever they're using on this version was being lowered into place. Uh, it, it was pretty cool to see. And it was obviously a flashback to quite some time ago. Yeah, a year ago. It was a year ago. Yeah. Um, and so that's where the Koenigs are. I mean, they're, they're you know, Billy was back at the, the cool underground base, and Sam was, was at the uh, Theater Protocol, Protocol site. Did you guys catch the uh, the note on the mirror that he picked up? I saw it, and I meant to go back and look at it, but I re- forgot by the time I was done watching the episode. I, I, I paused it today. It simply said, but this is still big for that character and trying to figure out what's going on, call your sister. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. I love the bit with like all the like he opens up that case that normally you know you'd see with the guys picking out like what tie he's gonna wear uh, or whatever lanyard, and he's yeah. got all the uh, lanyards. lanyards. Yeah. Yep. Talks about Sky Mall. He gets yeah, Colson gives him a Sky Mall magazine. He's like, oh, that place will never go out of business. Yeah, he's like, I hope it doesn't or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Call of Duty. Canning's Call of big Duty. fans. Of Call of Duty. Yep. Yeah, because he, he talked about that one at in Providence about uh, playing Call of Duty with his brother. There's always another brother. Cutting back to that, and you know, doesn't quite get everybody's trust on that. You know, one of the big things about the theater protocol discussion was, what does he need with a hundred bunk beds? And I'm like, yeah, I guess you still need bunk beds, and you need some kind of you know sleeping quarters on a helicarrier too. Yep. Where where are they getting the staff for all this? I mean, they must still have a lot of shield guys on on payroll. Where are they getting funding for all this? Where are they getting all the money for this? I don't. I don't really care that they're having to answer that question because it's like one of the things like, I don't really need to know. Just, just know that they're doing it. Yeah, my guess is just crazy shell companies that do all kinds of stuff and yeah, diverted funds and all kinds of crazy stuff. So yeah. So final confirmation on the Theta Protocol and uh, and what's going on there. So they finally called it out. They're Inhumans. I mean, they, you know, we've had Fitz say that's inhuman and we've alluded to it, but Sky called it out in this episode and they are officially inhuman in, in the show. Yeah, it's interesting that they call themselves that. I wasn't really expecting to get there that quickly and that definitively. I thought yeah. it was more a name that gets, gets put on them. We should also point out that, that a week has gone by between the previous episode and this episode. They straight up said, you know, in the last week. Um, so, like, Last year, you know, the the episodes that bookend the movie Avengers, um, well, Avenger or, the, or Captain America, take place either concurrently or alongside, but time has passed now. I mean, a good week has gone by. 
between those two episodes and we just pick up where we left off it's almost like well what were they doing in that week yeah that's what I, it's funny because i i said the same thing i was like well what is colson like it's it, it even though a week has passed it's like he's so he's just been hanging out like and just decided now i guess with everything going down with ultron he just decided okay yeah. now's time to let the cat out of the bag yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he already let go like that. Fury was was alive, but he did that before they were right. the Hell Carrier. Right. So, so I'm guessing. I mean, obviously the Hell Carrier was in public view, but I guess Fury's being alive is now back in the public public eye as well. I guess. Uh, whatever. It doesn't really matter, but uh, at least not for purpose of this discussion. Uh, I liked I liked the references, the direct reference that Gonzalez was making to Tony Stark, using that as his argument to. Uh, for Coulson not to go, I mean, they and the whole Ultron was created because nobody questioned Stark what he was doing, and we're Shield, we're better than that, or we're supposed to, we're supposed to be. You kind of really put that out there. I was, I, I, I like, I like that direct uh, connection that they or ref, you know, reference to to uh, to the movie. Yeah, I was surprised that there was that much of a direct reference to to the movie as there was. That you know, it. I mean, I, I hate to say it was. M- more tied than the last season because obviously there was a lot more fallout, but there was a lot more direct reference, I think, to Ultron. Yeah. Well, I think this, they did it in reverse, didn't they? In other words, like with Winter Soldier, it was the episode before the movie came out where you learned that, uh, or am I wrong, or did they, was the big reveal after Winter Soldier came the out? The big reveal was right after, yeah. After, the, yeah. The, oh, yeah, okay. the episode ended with just a lot of, you know, vague, you know, what's going on, you know, why is the plane getting taken taken over and then the episode after Captain America that was a flat out you know Hydra's inside shield thing and the big difference between last year and this year last year um, Captain America directly impacted you know agents of shield I mean they just took shield away so they had to react to that this year yeah they live in the same world but but the show agents of shield has its own thing going on with the Inhumans and yeah they had a little dab with Hydra and they got to participate in that but Hydra's Hydra's pretty much gone now. It's 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 at the end, and so this show can now go on with the story they had already been building up without the interference of what's going on in the movie. They were able to participate, but they're not as impacted by it as they were last year. I really like the uh, they, they played the shell game with us a couple of times. You know, like I I definitely thought Gonzalez had some kind of other motive going in there, and that he was going to pull something on Jaying. Yeah, yeah, and, and the you way know, they and then said, they switched it on us. yeah, the way they called it the secret weapon, um, you know, your question is like, all right, well, what, what is this thing? And you know, you catch him at first. Like, he was going to put in the side of his jacket where the gun was, and you think, okay, there's not a rumor or whatever. But looking back at it, knowing what was coming, he's like, ah, he didn't want to expose the gun when he reached for it because he didn't want to spook her or whatever. He's actually trying to play it cool. Um, with Jai Ying's plan, though. What did you guys feel? I'll just say that I was uh, I was not expecting it, but I was also not surprised by it. Because, I mean, knowing what she's gone through, her reaction is almost justified. You know, she's done everything she can since her experience to stay hidden, and now a threat is at her doorstep. You know, this fear of being cataloged and indexed and... You know, it's just she 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 articulated it better than I could right on the show. Um, you know how how what makes them think they have the right to do this? I mean, she wanted a part of it, so she actually knew that her people would not just fall, fall into a war unjustified. She didn't want to betray Sky, so she set this whole thing up. Most of all, though, I liked how 
they did everything we could to set up Reina as being untrustworthy and in the end she was probably the the one they needed to trust the most yeah yeah I, I, that's the part I liked about this episode was that setup they've been setting Reina up for you know even Cal says you know she can't be trusted she she coerces everyone around her to doing what she wants them to do and I've I've thought for a while that Jaying is up to something like something was going on so I like the fact that they were leading us down that road and you know, like like a lot of times when when there's a precog involved, that it's inevitable that that's the solution. You know that that that's the ro- you know knowing what happens is what makes the thing that you makes thought thing happen. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That there's basically no way around it. Uh, so I thought that was cool. I mean, Reina or uh, Jaying is almost like the the I guess the Magneto analog to the MCU. I mean, she's kind of yeah, yeah, yeah you know becoming militant i mean i guess maybe she was you know closer on the to like the xavier side for a long time you know just living separately let's be peaceful um but but a lot a lot closer to magneto um especially like in the not to get too far down that train but in the early 90s when he took all of you know he wanted to take all the mutants up to avalon which is like its own little home uh on an asteroid in space to to just let mutants live separately and and peacefully uh, which is what she's kind of done with um, with Afterlife. And now it's just all kind of, she sees it, I think, all falling apart. And so she's deciding to take it by the reins uh, and, and, you know, and do it under her terms uh, rather than, than kind of just be passive and, and try and, I mean, she's seen what happened. She's seen what happened before when people come in and, say they have good intentions and then they don't. I mean, she, you know, had her organs cut out and sliced to pieces and people experimented on and all kinds of other stuff. And so she's going to be a little weary of another group coming in saying, oh, yeah, we're yeah. everything's going to be fine. We're just going to document everything that you are and all your people and everything about yeah. it. Um, you know, but, I mean, and Cal, you know, really must have, you know, dialed it up on her the way saying, you know, they're going to brand you, they're going to do this. Yep. You know, and, and I and I debated if I want to make this comparison because I certainly don't have the perspective to do it justice but it's really uh, it's almost a holocaust metaphor sure you know? and, and considering her experience was at the hands of the Nazis technically with Hydra uh, it makes sense that she's seen both sides of it both against humans and against inhuman right um, you know but she's seen that repeat itself you know I, I'm here I'm from the government I'm here to help but it's you know it's she doesn't trust those intentions at all and nor, nor frankly probably should she she's probably justified to not trust them she doesn't know these people and you know, two things uh, based on what you just said, Ken. You know, these are the mutants of the MCU. And as Russ can tell you better than anybody, the X-Men and the mutants have always been an analog for, like, persecution of, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you want to put into that sentence. You know what I mean? Yep, it could sure. be about, you know, uh, the, about homosexual community. It could be about... Uh, uh, what's the other ones, Russ? Uh, you know the Holocaust. Yeah, I mean, any any yeah. persecution. Race. I mean, right. sure. That's that's how the mutants kind of fit in, and right. now the Inhumans are our uh, you know our mutants, and and even Magneto, your Magneto uh, comparison you know fits as well. Uh, I'm not sure how strongly it was in the comics in the past. I mean, it certainly is now, and with the movies, you know, again, victim of the Holocaust, but now he's equating his experience there with the treatment of mut- treatment of mutants, and he won't have it again. Right. Same thing with Drang. She's. Like, I've lived through this. I know what happens when, uh, when we're studied, uh, and I'm not going to let that happen to anybody else. 
And one other reaction I had was, you know, this these last few episodes, I've really been going to myself, like, how does she love Cal so much? Like, he's clearly crazy, and she kind of is yeah. peaceful and has it together. Like, why are they still, you know, this close? And then this time, this episode, you say, aha, because she's obviously evil as well, <laughs> or you know, crazy in her own way. In her own way, yeah. Now, let's go, speaking of Cal real quick, so we got, we're starting to get some payoff on him finally. Uh, we saw his empty files uh, at the end of the episode. Are we finally going to get payoff on him in this next episode? I oh, think yeah. so. Yeah. I, I think the name of the, is the name of the episode what I think it is, Russell? Have you seen it yet? Uh, yeah. We'll talk- it, it's, it's SOS Part 1 and SOS Part 2. Oh, okay. All right. Then I was misled. I, I thought the uh, name so, of the episode was something different. But, but that's the poster, if you, I think the SOS Poster Part 2 clearly alludes to... Um, the, the Part 2 one was just kind of like a divide. It had Sky in the middle with the, the core team on one side and then all the new players on the other, including... Cal and Gonzalez and Jia Ying and some and Gordon, but Sky it's part one. I'm sorry. Between. Oh, the it's, part one has what you're it, looking for. It's yeah. If you if for those of you listening, if you have seen the poster uh, that they've put out, you know they, they've been doing this. Uh, the, they did this last season. They're doing it this season too. Like the last eight episodes or so, they'll put out a poster for each episode, and the poster for SOS Part One is a take on the old, like, EC, Crypt of Horror uh, type, you know, or, you know, oh, the nice. old monster mags. Yeah, so yeah. it's a comic cover that's, it, it, the poster is a, is a cover of a comic that's, you know, all beat up and creased and, and weathered. And it, you know, it has that creepy writing on it. And it's Fitz and Simmons facing off against uh, uh, a, a creature is what it says. It says, can Fitzsimmons face what hides in the shadows? So it's even like back to the old puns and everything because hides is H-Y-D-E-S. Um, and you could see the person that they're facing off again. The hand looks like it's about twice the normal size and, you know, real veiny and, and big. Um, and then you see Cal's face in, in shadow behind them. Uh, so it's very much. I, I think they're going for a full transformation with with this next episode. It's a really cool cover. I mean, it, yeah. it, if it wasn't fifty bucks, I probably would bite on on seeing if I can get a hold of that poster because it's it is really cool. Yeah, I really hope we get payoff because it's been a, this whole year. It's like you know, especially once we learned his name back in I guess December. Yeah, uh, I, I we've been we've been waiting for this, and I think I think. For Jai Ying's part, you know, he only became the way he is now after he did the experimentation and took the serum, which was after Daisy was born, after Sky was born, and he started, you know, kind of becoming obsessed with that. So part of her still remembers him as he was before. So, but she clearly has her own agenda. I mean, there's no question there. The other thing this leads me to, Ken, is an, another. So we we kind of started off with an instance where you were you were wrong, but I think uh, we're at a point where you're definitely right. I, I think I've given up the ghost on Trip being alive. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe he'll come back in the finale and save the day, and you know, make it all right. That'd be awesome. I but he, I you know, he basically happened. jumping ahead, but he died the exact same way. That not exactly died close. Not exactly well, pretty close. Yes. No. So he was still. I mean, yes. He was. He was hit by 
a, a piece of diviner. That was interesting the way they did this. I mean, we knew that they were using crystals that were not directly from a diviner because otherwise they would have uh, alerted the Cree homeworld long before this. Yeah. Because that's the only reason why that Cree was here because the diviner was used for Reina and Sky. Right. But we, now we know how they got them. So we figured they were growing crystals, but they probably can't open a diviner without releasing the Terrigen Mist. So it sounds like they actually straight up melted down the diviner to get to the crystal and then were able to grow crystals. And I think anybody who has any, any science background in high school science knows that you can grow crystals. But what's interesting is now the metal is entwined into the crystals, the diviner yeah. metal. And that's what got, got uh, uh, Gonzalez. Whereas right. Trip. Had he not kicked the Diviner and not shattered and not been actually impacted by a shard of the Diviner, he probably would have survived that just fine. Right. It was, it was strictly the Terrigen Mist. But th- these crystals, um, yeah, he was definitely uh, got particles of, the, of Diviner metal uh, on him, and that's what, that's what did him in. Yeah. What did you guys think about Mac? Like him going to Coulson and just... Oh, I, it, I, I'm not buying that yet. I mean, something's going to happen yet. And I, I, think, I, think I, I think I know what it's going to be, but I'll say that for spoilers later. I really hope that there's some sort of ulterior motive or turn going on with him because it just didn't seem genuine. Like no, see, like, I none yeah, of it. I I can see what you're thinking, but I'm thinking he was completely genuine. I think he was ready to he's ready to quit. Something's going to happen that's going to pull him back in. Just when I'm out, but I think he's. Uh, I think I know what that's going to be. Um, unless you want to skip ahead to the tag. Uh, I. I don't I think everybody I don't know how you guys took the that whole thing with Kara and Bobby and the tag with with Ward but from what I've been reading on the internet and talking to people I think they've all got it wrong. I think Bobby I'm now thinking more and more Bobby is on the wrong side of something. I'm not saying she's Hydra, I don't know what she is, but I think Kara's been looking for closure, the closure she's been really looking for is something happened with her and Bobby back at Hydra or previously even I don't know that's like the whole thing you, you just wanted to find out if I remembered and I do um, everything in Kara is still bad and, and we're still bad I think something's going to happen there Bobby's Bobby's do, is on the wrong side of something that's going to pull Mac back in that's just my hunch and we'll see if I'm wrong about that too yeah I like First, that whole whole bit with Agent 33 the fact that she was playing them all along and and I think they 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 did that well because I really See, thought I don't, that that's what I'm saying I don't think she's playing anybody I think she was there for a reason she was there to get the Bobby but I don't think she's bad per se you know what I'm saying yeah but clearly I mean I, I guess clearly she had no intention of just living happily with Shield no. No. And that's what I'm getting at, yeah. Unless, unless her intention was to expose Bobby for whatever she yet really is, and then to, then, then continue living happily with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And um, it could be she, maybe she's just hacked off that Bobby went undercover as Hydra knowing what they did to her and didn't mm, stop it. Maybe. I don't know. It's not... It's not. I don't know. That seems yeah. too easy. When um, Kara and Bobby were fighting on the plane, I thought... Bobby was going to kick her out of the plane and kill her, and that was going to make Ward, like, nuts. Uh-huh. So he... I have a question about Ward in a minute, but I want to get back to... We're here. So, forget Kara for a moment. You put Bobby and May in a room. Who's coming out? 
Bobby. Bobby. Really? You're not going to say May's going to put Bobby down? Mm, I hate to be ageist, but I think if May was a little younger, I think maybe so. But Bobby, I think, I, I think, I, I just, I think Bobby's a badass. Like, to I'm lean, right? I'm, I'm leaning on the comic book universe. Yeah. And- Bobby yeah. is freaking oh. Mockingbird. Oh. She's oh, yeah. she's full blown superhero. I I got you. Well, I'm just going because this is why that scene didn't play for me very well because I didn't think so. I don't think anybody can 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 go near May. So especially considered May and Kara when she was evil May, uh, they went toe to toe. And if it wasn't for that lamp, Kara easily could have could have beat May. And here Bobby took care of May uh, of Kara with, without really breaking a sweat. And I just didn't buy it because of that because. Care is a match for May, and I no way did I would I put uh, Bobby as being a match for May. But if I mean your your way makes it work, so I don't know. Last week though, did you guys talk about about Ward and what he was up to? Did you talk about Ward being on his path to redemption? We've been waiting for this whole time. No, we we talked about playing the sad Hulk music as Ward walked away. Uh. Well, <laughs> last week, I don't want to rehash last week too much, but last week during the whole thing with Ward. You know the whole thing with you know saying they're going to use the 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 Tahiti protocol on him previously, but then him uh, doing backup and his little speech on the plane. I'm like, they're setting it up. They're setting up a, a redemption for him. The, what we've been waiting for how, to see if they're going to try it all year long. It's finally here, and nobody fell for it. And I'm good. I'm glad for that. Yeah, I, I we think did. it's. I think it's still coming though, and I think this this whole thing with Bobby today or this week is all part of that. I mean, yes, I, we, we talked about it, and we've said it before, that Ward was going to become useful, and they're going to work with him in that sense, and that's exactly what happened. But it is going to come to pass that there will be a straight-up redemption. Not a straight-up redemption. It won't, be, it won't be straight that simple. But it will happen, and he will become more and more part of the team. And I dare I say, some point in Season 3, he might even be trusted. We talked about it a little bit last week, and... I kind of alluded to it, but I guess to expand a little bit on it, because this is a Joss Whedon show, and and you know we've we've talked about that as well. And Angel, I think it was after season, maybe it was after season four. This is a spoiler, so if nobody's seen Angel, big spoiler. His son, Angel's son, was like aged up. Yeah, yeah. And they basically brain something happened, and he was brainwashed and they gave him to a family to kind of live live uh, the happy life live happy and, life, yeah and it didn't take right and so you know it took for a long while and then you know through crazy circumstance you know here it is he has to come back in the fold and you know slowly regain his memories of, of what things were we talked about maybe they would go that route with ward that if they did brainwash him it wouldn't be to immediately bring him back into the fold it would just be to to set his life on a Calm different down, course yeah. And then you know we'll catch up with him later. You know when they would need him for something and have to to basically pull him out of yeah retirement, something like I, that. I don't I don't think I don't think that they're they're going to ever actually use that uh, on him at least. I'm still waiting for them to use him fits, but he's been coming along on his own nicely. I think so. They may not. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's that's kind of the big things. I I, I just think that uh, that is coming, and you can even say that. No, he wasn't brainwashed the way Kara was, but he uh, uh, he was brainwashed or under someone else's 
undue influence with uh, uh, Garrett for years. And, and, and his parents, you know, but his he family. Still, but he still did those things. He still did those things. He still knew what he was sure. doing with control of himself. And he, he, would even, he, he would even admit that. Um, right. Oh, by the way, that's two things I was wrong on. I really thought uh, Bakshi was not under any kind of mind control, but clearly he was. Yeah. I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think the brainwashing took, but clearly it did. I missed one episode, and that's the one. <laughs> did any was anybody confused at first with what was in the hold of the ship? That did you guys think that was graviton for like half a second? Yes, no, for half a second, definitely. No, no, I knew, I knew, I knew straight up just from the timeline. It could not, it could not have been. There's no way it could have been. Yes, I thought it was. I, I, I thought it was too similar to graviton, but just from timing, there's no way it could have been because we know where. Graviton was between the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the end of season one. Um, and supposedly this has been in the whole of that ship since before the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. until today or this week. It's right, been right. there. So there's no way it could have been. It was just weird, like, to use that oh. effect knowing that. And in a box. Yeah, in a box. Yeah, like, knowing we've seen that with Graviton. Like, yeah. for, for people that aren't as crazy about the continuity side of things as we are, I could see that being a little confusing to them. It's like, oh, it's that thing in the box that we saw last season. Well, I mean, that was, I mean, I mean, I hate to get, you know, too nitpicky, but there's many, plenty of things that were different about it. Yes, it was in a clear plastic box or whatever it was, but Graviton is um, basically a, a floating ball of, of goo suspended in its own magnetic field. This was a rock, and then it was fluid with gravity and with fluid, fluid motion. And then it fell, and then it came back up to being rock again. It had different properties. So sure. clearly that's not what it was. Yes, if you weren't looking for it and you just saw, oh, look, big blob of goo and not react, you know, not even think about what it was actually doing, yeah, I could see the similarities to it. Um, more importantly, though, I, I, I am not that familiar with inhuman lore, at least not to this level of uh, the minutiae, but is there, is there something in the comics that analog to what this thing is? Do we know what it is? Not that I'm aware of. No, right. I haven't. No. Uh, I've I haven't read seen... too much Inhumans, but in nothing that I have read did they have anything like that. Somebody cool. having a beverage. Yeah, I thought I mute, hit my mute on my mic, so that was me. I thought I muted. It's quite all right. I enjoy beverages as well. It's actually a Coke, but whatever. Uh, let's see. So we talked about it earlier, but Gonzalez being a goner, I once he they made a point of him going instead of Coulson, I was like, yeah, he's he's done. Yep, yep, <laughs> he's done. Well, the whole thing with I mean, we, we that happened after um, the thing with Rain, which like you know it can't be it can't be uh, her, it's got to be me. But you're still down that path of well, it's Gonzalez that pulls the trigger. It's not 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 Jaying. So, um, so now it's like. Oh well, it's a good thing Coulson didn't go because he would have been the one dying. Because uh, yeah. Jaying was going to do it no matter what. Right. What do you think about? So Coulson wants to be director with with like his version of the council. I, th- I thought that was interesting. Like he's he's capitulating yeah. and saying, "Look, it I, I, it's almost like Coulson is saying, I want to just be the manager, and you people, you know, kind of steer the ship, and you know." act as a sanity check and look at the big picture and I'll just make sure that your missions get executed properly and yeah. you know, that that the day-to-day stuff is being run like mm-hmm. it should. It's smart. I mean, if you if you from one hand you look at it with uh 
the damage that's been done, you know, like to him and his relationship with May, for example, at the very least, you know, he tried to do too much on his own and it failed him. He, you know, look at everything that happened. So it makes sense to do that. On the other side of that, he wants to get back to the mission. And he's like, let's just cut through this crap. If anything surprised me, it was how, I don't know, easily but quickly um, their board, or whatever they're calling themselves, agreed to it. You know, they, they, they went from hunting Coulson to basically leaving him in charge under their oversight. Yeah, and it could be that once they fully realized what he was up to and the way that things ended up with Age of Ultron, that they were like, okay, it like it all checks out and it all made yeah. sense, um, I guess. Yeah, but they still maintain the whole thing with, you know, his uh, impartialness towards Sky and powered people and that in general. Yeah. And they don't trust even what Maxing is. Like, it's like, if you're a director of S.H.I.E.L.D., I want a part of it. Um, what do you... So it, it seems like too that we're back at like a almost like end of status two se- status end of blah. It almost seems like we're back at the end of season one status quo with Colson and May just in the reverse. And I I don't know if I like that. I don't like when May and Colson are kind of at odds. And it seems I like I don't May's, like a mom and dad fight. Yeah, exactly. It seems like May is being a little hypocritical. It's like she basically did the same thing to Coulson, maybe on a smaller scale, but now she's all butthurt about Coulson keeping this secret. And, yeah, is she know, deflecting everything. though? Because I mean, the, the the memories of Bahrain being brought back up, finding out that she's going basically into the into the homeland of of that those the people of this girl. Maybe uh, I don't, the I don't stuff know. with her with the stuff with her ex. It seemed I mean, like it was those, maybe all those all things of she it? called out. All those things she called yeah. out, saying you you crossed the line. That was you know I was doing business. This is personal. Maybe I yeah I don't know. I just I guess I think to some degree it's like been there done that. Like yeah. do I don't I don't think it it adds to the show. Um, I think that I'll make this weird comparison here that. I don't know if it completely fits, but it's almost like the CW aspect of the show. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, it, instead of it being romance, it's like if, this. If it does anything, it keeps everybody on their toes and and not trusting each other long enough. Because it, it, let's put it this way. If everybody was already on the same page and trusting each other and truly a team, whatever Jaggings got planned would not be as effective. Because right now, everybody's already looking at each other, not trusting each other. They're not even seeing what's coming from the Inhumans, what Jaying's doing. If they, yeah. were, uh, if they were truly a unified front, they would have saw through her in a second. Yeah, but I guess there's enough of, of the the conflict side of it without having to have May and Coulson be at the center of it. Well, I think I that's know. it. I think, I, listen, any time that there's a, a real strife on this team, it's when the team itself is at odds. How many times have I said the same phrase? something from the outside has to attack this core team and get them back to, together, defending each other back to back, and we're about to get that yet again. And yeah. that's going to put... Because she can be mad at Colson all she wants, but if he's being attacked, she's going to be right there by his side to defend him. That's right. what she was doing the whole time when she was searching for them. The best she could with what's available to watch out for his interests. Even if she didn't trust him, she still trusted him enough to find out what he was up to before she condemned him. Right. I, and and if, now if he's going to be straight up attacked, she'll be by his side uh, covering him. Right, right. 
And I don't, yeah, I don't question that. I, I guess if, if by the end of the season that gets resolved, then that's fine. Cause it's not that big of a deal. I just, no, I, I think don't know. It will, I think, it, I think it'll be resolved, but I think it's going to have bigger implications. Who, how many members of this council went on this trip? I mean, we know Gonzalez was there. Weaver was there. May was there. Um, the one guy who's on the council, he's still um, out of commission from Sky. The guy who was on uh, Fringe. And now the guy with the beard. Did he go? I don't think so. I didn't so, know. We I didn't recall Weaver going. We, Weaver was on the Quinjet. That's when. Okay. That's when she handed. The, oh, that's right. The necklace yes, yes. To, to Gonzalez on the Quinjet. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So she, I don't yeah, think she, Crazy Beard guy went. Yeah. In fact, I think she was. Yeah, she was there. She was there with Cal. So she's with Cal right now. Right. We left when we left them. She was with Cal, waiting for him to do whatever he does. My point is, this council is going to take care of it. It's going to, problem's going to be gone by the time this conflict's over. Because one's Maybe. already one's already dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Where do you think they're going with uh, with Simmons and her murderous thoughts? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's going to come back. I mean, I, it's almost like they're holding that card for next season. Like, I something tells me that that's something that's going to come to light next season. You know, remember when we came back to uh, season one, or se- the first episode of season two, and Sky was a very um, proficient agent at that point. You know, a lot of stuff happened in the in the months since in the summer. You know, between the season one and season two, with training with May, are we going to see a similar change in Simmons? You think going into season three? Is, you know, maybe not like a her dramatic, becoming an agent. No, but her. We already saw glimpses of it with her. Her uh, not callousness, but her. I mean, she was very direct in what she wanted to do with the Inhumans. She wanted to basically, you know, put them down, not to index sure. them, just put them down. Now that she's, for lack of a better phrase, had a taste for it. You know, God forbid, is she going to like it, or is she going to be, you know, even more aggressive? I think they keep it more as an out-of-character act that, you know, Ward is just the tipping point for her. I think it's less effective if, like, she becomes a trained killer. Yeah. Yeah. But well, that's I, just I, a guess. She, no, I I'm mean, not saying she's going to be a specialist or be a Ward or be whatever, you know, but, like, the stuff she creates will be less about not so much icers and more something more lethal i think it may have the opposite impact i mean one of the things that she she tried to talk tough and act tough but when when it came down to it her very slight hesitation uh you know was what got back she killed and so i think she's coming to grips with the fact that she wants to be harder than she is uh, right and she that she's not going to be doesn't there she? so in, in not so many words doesn't she say like I failed doing it, and anybody that gets killed from now on by him is on me, like something yeah. like that. Yeah. And what if she takes the other way and say, I will never let that happen again? And Maybe. And she's going train, to train, try figure out how to get herself past that, so she's not going to hesitate. It could be, but I, I don't know. I don't see it going that way. No. But, too, much, but, too much to know. I mean, we still have two hours to go through to figure out where she's going to end up this season. Yeah. A lot can happen. Yeah, I mean, the two big things that left with me is, like, I, I know the Inhumans thing will work out one way or another as far as the core team. Uh, I know people will die, I'm sure. I don't know where we were going to end up, but I, I I don't think Kara's bad. I think Kara's, there's more to that than what we think. It's it's not it's not what we what it looked like. 
I don't know what it is, but it's not it's not as simple as what we think it, it looks like. Sure. Sure. And I hope sense. we find out more about what that what that rock is in the Cree. Sure. That Cree weapon is. Speaking of Graviton, though, I mean, there's uh, uh, going into season two. We talked a lot of things about what we wanted to see. We saw some of it. We saw some people from the uh, the fridge who were released. Not many, but we really thought we were going to see uh, Quinn and uh, Graviton again, and we didn't. Yeah, we. I think we thought at the beginning of season two this was really going to be okay. Let's see which villain this week they're going to put away, and you know from the escape, and it and yeah, it didn't turn out that way never, at all. Never, never came that no. Yeah, it wasn't the freak of the week show. Yeah, but they are still out there, so we'll 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 see them. I hope. Yeah, in season three, maybe. Maybe so. So maybe that segues us into uh, some news. A news section, Sound, yeah. Sounds good, yeah. Since we yeah. we we flipped it, so yeah, yeah I guess got, we'll start. I've got, I've got nothing else for the episode, so yeah. No, I mean it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought the last like twenty minutes was pretty intense when they yes. were heating mm-hmm. up Gonzalez and Jaying, and you had uh, Cal yep. on, in the in the van. You Def- know, and... definitely one of the better ones. And we had a stretch there where I was barely cracking three and a half, but this is definitely going to be a uh, four four for me. Yeah, if we're doing ratings, it's funny they. I really, I don't know why I thought Kyle McLaughlin's performance of this episode was upper tier for me. I think he did a really good job. And when they asked him what was in those vials, the look on his face when he was like, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was just really, really well done. How about, how about Gordon? What's in those vials? Muscle milk? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he reminds me, what uh, Kyle McLaughlin reminds me of on this show uh Russ is remember how we used to talk about Scott Wilson on The Walking Dead, like, and he played um, Herschel, Herschel for everybody. Um, when he was doing like a soliloquy or whatever you want to call it, when he had the floor, it was like all of a sudden you were like, "Wow, that's a real actor <laughs> on <laughs> yes. this show of television actors." Yes, uh, you know he just like took everybody to school in his moments. That's kind of what I get. Like, there are other good actors on this cast and actresses, don't get me wrong, but when Kyle McLaughlin really gets to do his thing, it's like, it stands out. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, I think I think we're coming to a, a pretty good climax. I'm, I'm excited that we're going to get a two-parter to end the season and they're not going to drag it out because it really seems like, and I've heard, uh, I can't remember who it was that, I don't know if it was, Clark Gregg or if it was one of the producers or something like that uh, but they're really saying that these last three episodes are really like one long you know like they're so fit together uh, that that it's really just kind of one episode so the fact that we're just going to get a two hour block to finish it off is, is really is really good very good that being said good news came and not only is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. getting a season three but Agent Carter is getting Yay. a season two and uh, it's funny because I put I can't remember if I if I I put this out on the Facebook page that when when the news came in I think we were I hate to say harsh but I think we were fairly honest critically about what we thought about Agent Carter um, but something made me really happy to know that it got renewed I I really think that with a season two that they can they, they can kind of make some tweaks and adjustments to that show. Um, and I just love Haley Atwell. I, I think she's just, I really like seeing her in that character. Uh, 
and so it just kind of made me happy that we're going to get more of that. I was really surprised, but 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 happy nonetheless. I hope we get more Dottie. I think that's a given. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you guys hear to hear the, the? I don't know if it's a theory or just people's opinions or just hopes. Um, going back to Age of Ultron during the uh, Black Widow's uh, flashbacks, her teacher, mentor, coach, whatever. What do you think of the idea of that actually being uh, an older Dottie? Mm, I don't. I think I she's think, too I think young. She's still too young. I think you're right. She's still yeah. too young. Because I'm thinking that would have been what 80s, 90s, 90s, 90s. Yeah, 90s. So. Uh, from 40, so 50 yeah, Ju- years. Julie Delpy's not quite that old. No, yeah. I'm not saying she is, but you know, it still would have been cool. Yeah. No, I agree. But yeah, agree. I would love to see see Dottie be featured in that. She was a great uh, nemesis for uh, for Agent Carter. Yeah, I heard that we're getting more Dum Dum Dugan too. So I hope so because we're probably not going to get much, if any, Howard Stark. No, he's going to be a little busy. He's going to be busy because uh, we talked about the rumors uh, going around, but I think it's confirmed now he will be uh, Jesse in Preacher. He is, yeah. Uh, opposite of uh, Ruth Nega. Yep. Which yeah. I think if she makes it through, and we talked about this before, given that she got cast in that, um, I, I think I think it's it's not surprising that they could easily recast that character. With all the prosthetic and everything else. Or she's just no longer becomes part of the show. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what else do we got? Uh, oh, so a little bit of numbers. So Age of Ultron, you know, for a while they were talking uh, weekend box office was going to be like 235 million or 225, which was better than Avengers 205. Um, and it turned out we got 188 million. Uh, so it, I guess on Saturday things took took a bit of a dive on the numbers. And it's funny because when they first talked about this, I, I really wrote it off and thought that's kind of silly um, that the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight would really have any impact on the numbers at all. I, I thought that was kind of ludicrous to even think about it. But looking today, it looks like that fight had five. They're estimating between cable and paper and and satellite uh, telco providers, five point two million buys uh, on that pay per view, which is absolutely insane for a pay per view buy, At even for a fight. At hundred bucks a piece. At a hundred bucks a piece, yeah. Um, that you know, you're figuring if it's that many buys, that's a lot of eyeballs because it's not a one to one relationship. Um, mm-hmm. So that definitely could translate into, uh, you know, loss of of, uh, of revenue as well as, I guess, the Clippers-Spurs game was going on. There was, like, a lot of sports stuff that was going on on Saturday that was, you know, kind of like, um, you know, big, you know, big event kind of things that would have kept people away from from the movies. And, and like I said, I kind of wrote it off at first, but then, like I said, looking at that number, I mean, you're talking anywhere from probably 10 to 20, 25 million people, uh, you know, that, that were watching a boxing match instead of, you know, possibly going to the theater. So I'm curious to see what it does this weekend. Uh, but I'm not crying for Disney at this point because we're looking at worldwide right now. And this is the eighth as we record this. So a week after domestic release, um, of 695 million worldwide. So we're at 235 domestic and 459 foreign. So it's, it's still, 
a huge juggernaut. I mean, it's going to hit a billion easy, probably a billion five before it's all said and done. Looks like Rosario Dawson's Night Nurse is going to be back for season two of Daredevil. And not only that, awesome. we'll see her in a lot more of Netflix shows than just Daredevil, apparently. That's the awesome. word, yeah. The word is that she, it, it, I guess whatever contract they wrote her into leaves her open to show up in the other stuff. So, um, you know, depending how far along they are down the filming road, I would say they're probably at the halfway point now with Jessica Jones, if not three-quarter way. Uh, so it'd be cool if she shows up there. Um, if not, it, it looks like she, she'll she'll be showing up elsewhere. And it's kind of the – it could be the link that we were missing when we watched Daredevil. You know, when Ben Urich – oh, spoiler. I know we haven't covered uh, Daredevil yet like we promised, but uh, spoilers well, for Daredevil. Well, when Ben Urich's ben character happens, what happens? When it happens – uh, we wondered why, and wouldn't it be great to have a reporter who was the link between the Netflix shows, but maybe it will be the nurse who helps heal all of the uh, banged-up heroes. Would have been nice, because, well, okay, let's uh, never mind. Yes, yes. That's for another show. Indeed. One we need to get to. <laughs> yes. Uh, Shield's almost over. we got one more week. Yep, yep. And so it looks like, you know, last week we talked about uh, it was official that the Russo brothers are going to direct Infinity War Parts 1 and 2. And now it's official that Marcus and McFeely are going to be writing Infinity War Parts 1 and 2. So, of course, they're the writers of Captain America the First Avenger, uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier, uh, as well as uh, Agent Carter the One-Shot and the, the TV series. Uh, so the fact that they're going full bore... With with that whole crew from from the Captain America side, obviously they're going to be they're the writers on uh, Civil War, and the Russos directing that as well. So apparently they like that creative team and uh, plan on on keeping it forward. As I really think now that you know Whedon's contract was through 2015, which basically is Age of Ultron. I really think he's going to bow out of the Marvel machine at this point. I think. I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard any interviews and stuff from him, but the guy just sounds like he's utterly freaking exhausted. Like, he just he just seems really, really tired. Um, and it's just kind of a, a, a crazy pace to keep up with. So we'll see what happens there. It's, it's funny. There, there was a little bit of talk. I, I listened to the Empire podcast, and they had him on there. Uh, and this was, I guess, right after the foreign premiere, the British premiere of the of age of Ultron. And so they got him to sit down and again, he sounded really tired, but he talked a lot about, you know, what was going on. And I know in the, in the, if you read like headlines and see stuff like that, it makes it sound like in that interview, he sounded really disgruntled with Marvel and that they didn't want him to have things his way. And that he really had to, you know, it was a struggle. I actually listened to the podcast in its entirety. I didn't just listen to sound bites or parts taken, you know, here and there. And, I didn't get that at all. I mean, I definitely... He sounded like any other director that was having to fight for what he wanted in a movie. And it didn't seem like the Marvel Disney machine was being overbearing to me. It just seemed like there are things that he wanted and there's things that Disney wanted. And it's just the typical stuff that directors and producers go through to fight to get stuff but in. This, but this isn't t- the typical project. And that's my problem with the whole concept. Oh, well, he's just wanted to make the movie he wants to make. It's like, you know what? The Marvel Universe is not the project for that. I, I get that a, that a director wants to put his vision out there. I get a director wants to make his his movie. Go go do that with your movie. But when you're doing a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, 
it's it's a different thing. It's a different kind of animal. It's just like in the comics. There's this overarching story or universe that needs to be built. It has it has a director, Kevin Feige. He's the director, if you will, of the entire MCU, and you are got you have one little piece of it. And yes, we want you because we want your style and your skill and your ability to make a movie. We want you. We do want your mark on this movie. However, these certain things have to happen in your movie to make the rest of the machine move forward. So, do you make your mark, but you still got to play play the game. If you can't do that and you can't do other scenes, then this isn't the project for you. Right. Go make much to do about nothing too. Right. 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 And. And I didn't even see it as that, as like Whedon couldn't put his Whedon stamp on it. I mean, the, the I guess the thing specifically that he, that the talk was is Disney wanted to cut the farm scene, like completely. Right, um, but they wanted they wanted the cave scene because they need the cave scene to set up Ragnarok and Infinity War and whatever else. Right, but when they tested the cave scene, it didn't test very well, and so originally they wanted to cut the cave scene and and the farm scene. It was like. It, it was it it was tough, and it wasn't until he proved to them that he had to do something with the cave scene for it to work that that he kind of um, had to capitulate a little bit. I mean, he put it as they put a gun to the farm's head, <laughs> um, and he he caved on the cave. Like you know, they 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 told him if he didn't you know basically if he didn't make the cuts to the to the cave scene that. Um, the farm scene had to go, so it was kind of like a, uh, you know, a little bit of a of a game that he had to play back and forth with them. But, um, yeah, but it wasn't. And it's funny because one of the other things he said was he wanted at first he wanted Loki to show up in in the dream sequence. So one of the things I guess Disney was not happy with the dream sequences. They he felt they that Disney felt they or Marvel I should say they felt they were too long. Uh, and you know they they. They went on too long, and and he even admitted after the fact. He's like, at the time, I was really kind of upset about it, but after the fact, they're right. You know that that to add more to that would have been too much. Um, and so, what Disney told him was they couldn't get Tom, they couldn't Hiddleston to come in, they couldn't make a deal. And so Joss called Tom Hiddleston and was like, "Hey, this is what I want to do." And Hiddleston was like, "Yeah, sure, we'll we'll get it done, we'll make it happen." So. Yeah. Um, but he was over the moon that they got Idris Elba in there to to do it too. So, it it just like I said, listening to him, it it didn't seem as adversarial as some of the headlines make it out to be. It just sounded like this is just regular stuff that happens on every movie that ever gets made. Yeah, but this isn't um, every movie. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, it. it I, I guess what they made it sound like was that Joss was just like he's ready to you know you know, wash his hands of Marvel and he hated, he hated working for them. And it was like this horrible experience. And they, you know, they, they stepped on everything he wanted to do creatively. And I, I guess what I'm saying is that's not the impression I got from listening to him. Um, that, that the headline, you know, the, the up rocks and, or, you know, what, you know, those, you know, posts you see on Facebook where people just, you know, try and get clickbait and stuff like that, make it sound like, you know, that they're at odds with each other. And, and the point I'm just trying to make is I didn't get that impression. Um, Spider-Man. So it looks like, uh, the casting, I think we're down to either Asa Butterfield or Tom Holland, which familiar with Asa Butterfield, not familiar so much with Tom Holland. Um, they're both 18 and they both look fairly young. So I think they could play off what they're trying to, to do with, with Peter Parker, Spider-Man. 
Um, Asa Butterfield, if you guys have seen Hugo or Ender's Game, uh, he was in that. Um, Tom Holland had a, I looked at through his IMDb, he's British, um, but nothing that he was in jumped out to me at all. Like I hadn't seen anything that he was in. So um, pretty much a newcomer, relatively, uh, relatively unknown in general. So it'll be curious to see what that is. If he's truly going to show up in Civil War, then my guess is we'll probably hear something sooner rather than later as, as filming's already started. Um, directors, I guess they're, I've heard word that they've uh, run it down to Jonathan Levine, who directed the movie's Warm Bodies, or directed Warm Bodies, uh, Ted Melfi, who directed a movie called St. Vincent, which I didn't see, uh, Jason Moore, who's done Pitch Perfect, which I thought was kind of an odd choice, but... Uh, and then the team of John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who are doing the new vacation movie with Ed Helms and uh, Christina Applegate and Chris uh, Hemsworth. Yes, Chris Hemsworth. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, if anybody's seen the Red Band trailer, they know why we're giggling. I can't Is he basically doing the Christy Brinkley bit, except they're flipping it and making it a male bit? Oh, I don't know. It seemed a little they they they, they did a Christie Brinkley bit in the trailer and the Hemsworth thing was totally separate. Okay, I'll have to check it out. I haven't seen it yet. I can't bring myself to watch it. <laughs> um Yeah. They I actually don't... I have to now we're doing we're gonna do vacation now. In the tra- <laughs> have you seen the trailer can or you have it? I started watching it, then my kid came in and I think I better turn off this the red yeah, Good 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 move. <laughs> Ed Helms at one point is explaining to his son the, the what happened on his vacation with his parents, yeah, and because, he's going because Anthony Michael Hall was busy, and he's like, "But in the original vacation," and the kid's like, "I've never even heard of the original vacation," and and Ed Helms goes, "Don't worry, this vacation's going to stand on its own." <laughs> <laughs> so it was totally like you know, yeah. wink, wink, a nod, nod and a wink at the whole reboot thing or whatever. Anyway, back nice. to Marvel. Um, and lastly, Jared Hess, who directed Napoleon Dynamite. So, uh, yes, that's a pretty diverse director set. But it looks like they're going. It's almost like they're taking the Russo brothers, uh, you know, kind of philosophy on this, where you maybe cast a little bit outside of type for uh, for a director of an action movie. Um, and it worked fantastically for Winter Soldier. So, yeah, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I want to see Spider-Man ask somebody if, uh, or tell somebody, you know, if you you need to, you can borrow my skills. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I've got some Daredevil stuff, but I think we'll save that for the Daredevil show because there's nothing, it's not super time sensitive, but it's some interesting Netflix stuff that relates to Daredevil that I think will make for a good discussion, but, uh, but I don't think we need to do that now. We can save that for the Daredevil stuff. Um, and lastly, I thought this was fun. I, I think, uh, John, if you haven't seen this, you'll get a kick out of this. Um, so Frank Grillo, who plays Brock Rumlow, a.k.a. Crossbones, in Winter Soldier, is in Civil War. And he's back, and they signed him to a big-picture deal. So as Civil War is, is gearing up uh, and filming underway, uh, Chris Evans tweeted out something uh, last week. He, he, he kind of has tweeted out these, you know, kind of, inspirational type of things you know just kind of like you know whatever uh and his his tweet was don't underestimate the benefit of awe take time to be amazed by things by anything by everything which um grillo responded with 
I'm amazed at the ass whooping you got coming. <laughs> um, he tweeted that at, at Evans. Uh, and then Evans says, uh, uh, he tweeted back at him. He said, I'm amazed you can read. Be honest. Your kids are helping you sound out the words. Uh, and then Gorilla responded. He said, I can read the hospital report for you after you wake up from that little snooze you're going to take, hero boy. So I, I like that they're uh, they're kind of gearing up the hype machine with that already and just kind of having yeah, a little fun with each other. Having fun with it. Yeah. I look forward to uh, how they I, – I, I assume Crossbones will come out of Civil War, um, you know, because I guess he's still – Rumlow at this point, right? No, like, we don't we know, know he's that. damaged. We don't know, you know where he's at. There's, it's been a year. There's no Hydra um, right. anymore. I mean, I don't know where, we don't know where he's going to be. Right. So I'm interested to, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to him just putting on the skull mask or however it ends up. Yeah, should be fun. Yeah. Rust, so Russ, I'm not sure what you have on your list there. I'm assuming you have the uh, the cast for Civil War on there. On uh, yeah. So let me let me start that. So everybody, bear with me. Um, this may take a little while. Well, there's there's only one name on there that probably really surprised me more than any of them, and that was Paul Rudd is on there. Yeah, yeah. Scott Lang, Scott Lang is going to be on. In Civil Scott War, Lang is there. pretty pretty cool. That, I mean, yeah, I, I, honestly, I think I'm it, getting the I was getting the impression that Marvel just wanted to get Ant Man done and out of the way and move on. <laughs> really, that's kind of where I yeah. the way, way it felt like. So just to yeah. hear that they're using him in another movie is really good. I, I think it's quicker to go through the cast of who's not in. Civil yeah, War really. than it is to go in Civil War. Really? Um, Nick Fury. Yeah. Uh, Martin Freeman got cast in Civil War, so I thought that was interesting, too. And he's going to play Everett Ross, who... I guess Everett Ross in the comics is the ambassador to Wakanda. So knowing that... Oh, okay, that's good. That Yeah, knowing that Black Panther comes up. Now, that's not confirmed. Now, it is confirmed he is in the movie. It is not confirmed he's playing Everett Ross. Okay. Now, yeah, I didn't hear that. But now, that that Ross wouldn't be related to another Ross who's in the movie, is it? I don't think so. I think it's coincidental, which seems okay. weird that for the movie they would allow two characters with the same last name. I, I'm not really for that familiar with Everett Ross as a character in the comic. And I did a little bit of research, and I didn't find any connection to Thunderbolt okay. Ross. So as, uh, as we were saying, just to put it out there, uh, yeah, Thunderbolt Ross, General Ross is going to be in Civil War. We have not seen him since uh, The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. So that was... But a younger version of him will be in Ant-Man in a flashback scene. Yes, as well as John Slattery and mm-hmm. Haley Atwell. And... Yeah, so it's just I, Civil War again. I've said it before, but you look at the logo for Civil War and the Captain America portion of Civil War is dwarfed by the Civil War portion of, of the logo. Uh, and get, go, gauging by the cast, that certainly seems to be uh, the case. So, uh, but we we've got a, an official synopsis for the movie uh, as well, uh, which which I thought was cool. So it's Captain America: Civil War picks up where Avengers: Age of Ultron left off, as Steve Rogers leads the new team of Avengers in their continued efforts to safeguard humanity. After another international incident involving the Avengers results in collateral damage, political political pressure mounts to install a system of accountability and a governing body to determine when to enlist the services of the team. The new status quo fractures the Avengers while they try to protect the world from a new and nefarious villain. So it looks like, to some degree, it's going to follow the comics where we, we get a um, yep. Stanford-type incident that, that causes everybody to kind of question things. I, I just assumed that it would be Ultron Fallout. That, that's what I thought. You know, to do another, like, you know, they could easily walk in and say, hey, 
There was New York. There was uh, Ultron. There was, uh, well, I guess you'd have to lump them together. What was the... the Sokovia. Sokovia. Um, I'm sure other bad things have happened if we go through the... No, but I'm sure I'm sure there could be something else. There could be there'll be something at the top of the movie, you know, because they'll probably will have been working out of that facility for a year, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I kind of was a little concerned, like you were, John, that it, it's like oh another incident. It's like, um, again, th- this movie just seems so jam packed. I think the incident that sets it off will be minor. It'll be the opening, you know, gambit. It'll be the more than that, likely, you know, and yeah. we'll, we'll, the incident itself won't matter. It'll be the fallout of it. It's, it's going to be the focus, obviously. Meanwhile, like you said, a new threat will emerge. Yeah, uh, we'll and I think goes. you know a lot of these characters are listed. I mean, you know, we basically get back every character that's been in all of the movies prior, except for Thor and the Hulk. I mean, you know, at this point, everybody else is in. Um, so I think a lot of them are going to be very minimal screen time, almost kind of like a roadie appearance in, in Age of Ultron where they just kind of show up for the battle kind of thing. I don't think we're going to get crazy characterization from a lot of these these folks that are in it. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you know, between Marcus McFeely and the Russo brothers, I mean, they they blew me away with Winter Soldier. So they've uh, they've got my attention. I've got no reason to worry. That's right. At all. Um, that's pretty much it for news. I guess we said we were going to do a little feedback last time and didn't get to it. So do we do we want to go through and do a little feedback now? or? Sure. Hit a couple of them. Hit we'll, the high points. We'll hit the high points. Um, let's see. So let's do a little Age of Ultron feedback here. Um, Malcolm said, loved it, but also felt a little empty after, not sure why. Probably all the hype, much more balance over the whole team this time, which was good. Uh, Mary said, I love the movie. I'll have to say that because of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I didn't feel like the beginning of the movie was so much just being dropped in because when I left on Tuesday, I was prepared for the opening scene. Some reviews I had listened to were really down on the moments they felt set up future films. I, on the other hand, love them because I like feeling like I'm in the middle of a constantly being told story, and that even though this one part's end, this one part ends, there is more to come. Uh, saw it last night and going back again this morning. Yeah, that's a common theme I hear. Like the people who like like us who are, you know, I mean, we're so deep into finding these connections and how they're tied together. We did a podcast solely about that. But then there's others who just want to see that movie and not care about anything else. And, and, and I could see how that could be tough. But this is exactly like reading a comic, though. Anyone who reads a comic knows they have to deal with the exact same thing about the, them being tied together. And it's just as frustrating, I guess. But uh, no, this is that's, that's what I love about these movies is, is the connections and how they're tied together. Yeah, for sure. And I think that some of the best parts of this movie were the stuff that set up what was coming next. Yeah, it almost, I mean, one of the things I, I took away from it, it almost seemed like, and this isn't a criticism, like the Iron Man 2 of the Avengers franchise. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? A lot of similarity to that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's it's the main movie itself was, it was good, um, but it did more to set up what's coming next than, 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 than anything. The movie itself, the main movie plot was more or less self-contained. Iron Man 2 is the same way. Sure. Of course, I, as I've always said, that's the linchpin of Phase 1. Everything comes together in that movie. Yep. Uh, some other comments we got. Uh, Evan uh, put uh, on our 
Facebook page too. He said, um, I started thinking that the index from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. might be a stand-in for the Superhuman Registration Act in Civil War, or at least like the first form of it in some fashion. Uh, I, probably, I can, I, probably true, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, you know, we know that's coming in, in Civil War, so, you know, the fact that they've kind of got this list and they make a they made a huge point this week of talking about the index and indexing you know super powered individuals and indexing lincoln so i definitely can see that that coming and uh, it almost so civil war is next summer correct yes so that'll be the end of next year's uh agents of shield season yeah mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be more likely like this it'll be happening in between right right yeah. the, you know the 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 Second half, you know, yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it almost seems like they're starting to divide Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into different sides. You know, like, not, yeah. you know, when you just, if you think about little things yeah. like Simmons wanting to kill everybody now and May and Coulson. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. they're almost starting to draw a line. Nothing which, almost about it. Yeah. Could come to a head at the perfect time. The one good thing I'll say is I think after Civil War, I really think this show will, and, and it's it's kind of sad that it's going to take if it gets renewed to a season four, but I think once it gets to season four, it'll truly be its own thing for quite a while because at that point, there's really not much that's going to interfere with it because we'll have Thor Ragnarok, we'll have Spider-Man, we'll have... Guardians of the Galaxy 2 it's not until you know we get to what 2018 where we hit you know Infinity War Part 1 so this thing has got uh, I'll, I'll be I, I almost be glad at that point because then it won't be holding as tightly to what's going on with these other movies and it'll it'll it, it'll kind of get to be its own thing without having to worry about either stepping on or getting stepped on uh, by by the bigger picture um, so a little bit of scars uh, feedback. Uh, Brian Arnold said, I, "I was glad the show acknowledged Age of Ultron without necessarily spoiling it, as I haven't seen it yet. Well, hopefully he's seen it before he's heard this episode." <laughs> um, sorry to see Matt go. He was a great addition to the cast. Hopefully we haven't seen the last of him. Uh, I'm sure we haven't. Uh, and as for Sky's mom, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll buy in on that. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Victor over at themoderngaffa.com said, My big revelation that I haven't seen anyone else mention, has the Index been setting up Civil War for the past two years? Which I think yep. re- relates to that comment we just said, and there's there's definitely some, some truth there, I think. Uh, James says, After what happened, I see no way that S.H.I.E.L.D. and Jaying's group don't interact in a way that would affect the movie. And I'm assuming he means the Inhumans. Inhumans. Yes. Uh, so I'm thinking that this will turn out to be a splinter group that has no contact with the royal family, leaving movie movie writers independence from the TV side of the MCU. Probably, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's, an, here's an idea I've been kicking around though. So in the comics, um, an event happened where basically Terra and Mist covered the Earth and suddenly everybody have powers. Well, they just said this week that well they know how to grow Terra crystals. Uh, what if there's your plot for the Inhumans and they, that's that's what they do. That they they release the Terrigen Mist throughout the, the the world and anyone who is, uh, 
any human resibility changes, and now we've got a, a planet full of power people who don't know how to re, how to handle them. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure where they uh, where they go with that. Uh, one other comment I'll I'll kind of clip up here because a lot of the stuff we've already talked about earlier. Uh, John John Davis says the gray sweater that Bobby wore gets show MVP. <laughs> think we can agree with you there all right so that's more or less all i had i didn't i didn't really have too much too much to do next week will be the big two-hour finale uh and then after that we'll probably get back on daredevil uh which we'll probably do at least a few episodes on that and that'll hopefully take us through to to ant-man and then we'll when is ant-man now july july 17th Oh, okay. A true summer movie. Yes. Yes, summer now starts in April. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, so one one thing I wanted to mention, everybody, uh, if you have an Android or an iOS device, an Apple device, uh, our partners over at the MCUExchange.com have uh, put out an app called the MCU Hub. So if you go into the store of either one of those devices and search for MCU hub um, and check out and install the device. Uh, it's just kind of a cool little app that has a bunch of character bios and connections. Of course, all the episodes of the show uh, get put on there so you can listen to the show through the app if you want, which is really cool. Something we've been uh, wanting to do for a long time uh, and partnering with MCU exchange has given us that, that freedom as well. Um, latest articles on the website all that cool stuff and uh i think they're going to be making changes over time to that app as well so uh go and check that out leave a review for that as well uh, and see how it uh see what what they have cooked up uh down the road for that it's fun they have that um that power levels contest i guess where you know, you just sit there and it'll pull up two people in the MCU hub. For instance, it's a power rankings game. Let's do this live. I'm going to vote now. Drax the Destroyer or Peggy Carter? I'm going to take Drax in that one. And then you can just go on for hours and it keeps popping up a new matchup. And then it has stats for who everybody's picking the most as like the most powerful hero or villain. It's pretty cool. It's fun. Groot or Donnie Gill? For instance, <laughs> wow! I'm really? gonna go. I'm gonna go with Groot, and that's how that goes. I don't know. I think I think Donny Gill could freeze a tree pretty easily. Right. That's the thoughts that I've been. Ooh, last one: Scarlet Witch or the Hulk? Well, I think mm. that's been done. We know how that'll end. Hmm. I'll take Scarlet Witch. Malekith versus the Hulk. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Odin and Ultron. It's a fun game. Quicksilver versus Mockingbird. So looking at the stats, the experts, which are, I guess, uh, our friends that uh, run the website, have Thanos and the Hulk as the most powerful, followed by Vision. And the people have Vision number one. Hey, did you guys, like, really cheer out loud or otherwise appreciate when Vision had the beam coming out of the Mind Stone? Yes. That was awesome. The vision yeah, was so well done. Not as well much done. as when he picked up the hammer. But Oh, uh, well, yeah. Spoiler alert. We've done that already. What a, what a payoff uh, on that, that bit in the, in the 
during the party that that hammer bit was. Oh yeah. Elevator's not worthy. Elevator's still not worthy. All right, good. iTunes reviews, Patreon yes. campaign, do it all, subscribe, and uh, see you next time. Good night.